On today's episode of the Thriving in Ministry podcast, Pastor, we have a problem. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. Pastors, church leaders, have you ever been pulled aside five minutes before your sermon, or maybe on your way out to your car after church with those dreaded words, pastor, we have a problem, and then some scary words after that. Uh, I'm Kyle Willis. As always, Dace Clifton is with us. Dace, I'm sure you have never heard this before. Pastor, we have a problem. (laughs) Well, I think every pastor has heard those ominous words before. And in fact, one of the reasons why I was thinking about this episode was because of a ministry that I really love, Care for Pastors. They gave a few examples of some of the people that they ministered to, and they told the story of a pastor who was in a meeting, and it was in association with some startup things related to COVID-19. They were getting things back online, and the meeting went long. And during the course of that meeting, one of the people in the meeting said to the pastor something along the lines of, Pastor, you work for us, and we have been very lenient with you this year. You need to remember who you work for. And Mm. I was like, wow. And in the middle of COVID-19, no less, this was said by a church member to a pastor. And so, you know, that kind of got the wheels to turning, and I started thinking, and I know you started thinking about all of those crazy things that people say to pastors. And, and, And there's loving and wonderful people in the church, but every once in a while, Somebody will say something to you that is straight up crazy, and we're going to talk all about it today. One of my Willisisms here is comments generally hurt in proportion to their truth. So someone can say something and you're like, well, you're crazy and let it roll off your back or, or, you know, take it out of your memory. But if it sticks with you, then maybe I would encourage you pastors to listen a little bit and understand where why you feel so defensive because maybe there is some truth or not even truth, but um, some perceived truth to why they're thinking that way. So pastor, remember you work for us is a great one to get us started with. Dace, I have one for you, which is pastor, we've never done it that way before. How do you respond? Give me your best or give me your worst example and then your best. The worst would be something sarcastic like that's because this church has been frozen in ice like a fish in an iceberg. Um, Mm. You know, that's never good. Never a good response. I think maybe the best response would be something like it's okay to try something different and something new and see what result we get. And in the middle of explaining that, you know, you're reminding people that, you know, we're not changing the gospel or what we believe. We just want to try to do things effectively or efficiently. So it's okay to try something new. And if it doesn't work, we can adjust. Right. If it doesn't work, then nothing was was hindered that can't be undone, right? Yep. They could always fire you as a pastor and say, remember, pastor, you don't work for us. <laughs> and that would be a true statement. That's right. That's true. Uh, so then you don't have to mess with them anymore. Well, Kyle, I do have to give you one statement. Uh, I've got a, a pretty good worst response to remember you work for us. Okay. And so here's, I think the worst response to that. I wish I didn't, you know, that would never go well if you just said that. 
That's kind of like something like Clint Eastwood would say, you know, if he was a pastor and they said that to him. Good. Yeah. You can make that happen. Um, I, or they could make that happen. Probably. Uh, remember you work for us and you're like, eh, I really rather not. I'm pretty sure at a lot of churches, uh, that could be viewed as an opportunity to serve somewhere else. Definitely. All right, Kyle. Well, I know every pastor who served more than two weeks has heard this statement from someone, and that is the statement, quote, people are saying dot, dot, dot. Kyle, what's your best response, worst response, and why do you think people say that? I think the best response would be, can you tell me who is saying this? So to identify and resolve the issue without specifics, not from being you know, nosy or gossip, but to say, hey, who is it so that I can hear their concerns directly and propose solutions or clarify a situation? I think that's the best way to approach it. Uh, when someone says people are saying dot, 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 I think the worst response may be, is it Mary? Because she's crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, there's probably some other really poor responses there, but but that is one. And I think the thought behind it uh, is people are, are wanting to bring concerns to you so that you know about it. Yeah. However, uh, a lot of times when it's just a face or an anonymous name, there's really just more drama there than really needs to be. Good counsel, Kyle. That's great. All right. Hit me with another one. Okay. Um, real quick, before we move on, when people are saying days, the person who approaches you as a pastor and says, people are saying, what percentage of the time is the person telling you, are they in that group of people? I believe it's the vast majority of the time or the 50%. Oh, definitely. Now, with that being said, there's always the possibility for a rare exception. And, and sometimes, you know, it can actually be what the person is saying that it is, but usually that's just cover to, you know, deflect some of the, uh, that's just more of a passive aggressive way to handle conflict. Sure. I appreciate your insight there, Dace, and I have a couple more for you. So let me ask you this one, pastor, I am volunteering, but you are getting paid. <laughs> best response, worst response, go. Uh, best response is, we're thankful that you're serving with us. I think it's a good way to affirm people. So we're thankful that you're serving. And ultimately, you and I are both serving for the same purpose, same mission. And that's for Christ and his kingdom. I think if you can affirm them and remind them of the truth, I think that's going to be your best response to something like that. I think your worst response is going to be something like, well, the reason why you're volunteering and not getting paid is because nobody would pay you for the job that you're doing. I think that would never be a good response. <laughs> you can say, yes, we could take away this volunteer opportunity right now um, and see if anybody else will let you volunteer because they sure ain't hiring you. Um, yeah. And I, and I do on a random tangent here, I do think that, uh, once you start paying positions or people that could be volunteers, it's a vicious cycle to get out of. That's yeah. way on to off topic for this episode, but maybe we'll do one in the future. Uh, when you start paying people, maybe it's musicians or people that work in children's ministry. When you start paying, uh, it, it is a vicious cycle to break. That was a random tangent. So I want to go back to our notes that we briefly prepped before this. Uh, Days, I did have one for you. Pastor, your family 
should be more involved with this. And I want the worst response first this time. My family would be more involved if your family was less involved. Woo! <laughs> That's pretty bad right there. That's That makes me cringe, actually. <laughs> and- what, what would be? What would be a better response there? I think a better response would be something along the lines of my family, my wife, my kids. They serve in a lot of ways that you don't see, and they're serving behind the scenes. I may serve out front, but their role is just as critical behind the scenes. And I think if you could just, I mean, that's just the truth. And I think if you could just uh, remind people of that, that you know, while your role is very public, their role may not be very public, but it's just as important. All right. Great response there, Dace. Uh, Do you have a comeback for me? Do you have one? Well, this is one of my favorites, actually. And Kyle, it goes something like this. Well, Pastor, I've been watching XYZ Pastor on TV, and I think you should. Worst response, dye my hair purple. (laughs) (laughs) Best response, what do you like about them? Because uh, in this day of YouTube and Facebook, online streaming and TV, maybe not as much today as it was in decades past, uh, your congregation is seeing, being bombarded, uh, have multiple opportunities to hear great messages on a given week. Some of the best speakers, best communicators, best production is out there. And relatively easy for them to listen to. And I think it's a lot easier uh, to take clips or to take something that is well produced and compare it to live preaching uh, at a at a rural church or, or at a church that doesn't have the budget that other churches have. I think it's just a fair uh, or unfair not accusation, but I think they're saying, hey, I want you to be more like this pastor. And so the worst response is to be snarky. The best response would be to, you know, ask for feedback. Hey, what do you like about them? You like the way they preach? You like their energy? Because some of those may be fair critiques. I think that's an awesome response and a good approach, Kyle. My snarky response was going to be something like, you're committing spiritual adultery listening to another pastor. That's not good. I thought you were going to be like, are you sending their tithes to that church? I thought that was going to be your worst response. Man, you know, I think it's actually good and healthy for people to listen to multiple pastors that are biblically based and solid, right? I mean, I think that the more spiritual truth that they can get in their lives, I actually encourage uh, members of our church to listen to several pastors. And I'll, I'll list and name the ones that I think are profitable and helpful. And there's apps, there's podcasts, there's sermons, all things that can strengthen their walk. And I think a pastor doesn't need to be afraid of that. And just as you said, Kyle, we're living in an age where clips and video and all of those things produce very, very high quality content. And so for a pastor, ultimately, if if our people can benefit from those things, then let them benefit, encourage them to do so. Um, ultimately, people are going to stay at your church because you love them and because you're pointing them to serve the kingdom, right? And so we don't have to be intimidated by that. I think it can be a healthy thing. Yeah. That is part of my routine every week is to uh, take out or listen to some of those clips from other churches. In fact, I shared one with you, Dace, 
of really a just authentic moment of a, a pastor that I know that I, I loved his candor there. Uh, we won't talk about it here, but uh, maybe he'll be on the podcast uh, in the future when we start interviewing pastors again on the four questions. Well, Dace, I've got one last more for you here. Pastor, you should preach on this, and it can be whatever was in the news that week or a style of teaching or a particular belief system. Pastor, you should preach on this. I think the worst response is, why do you care if you're sleeping through the sermon? I think that would probably be the worst. <laughs> phone the whole time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no, that's that's definitely the worst response. I, I think that the I think the best response on something like that would be, you know, just to ask more. You know, hey, well, tell me tell me why you want to hear more about that would be one response. Just you know, return with a question. Um, another way, I remember when I was a little kid, and this actually kind of. I think I was seven or eight, and I went up to my pastor who at that time to me appeared to be about 150 years old, (laughs) and I asked him if he would be willing to preach on Noah's Ark. And he told me that, well, he preached through books of the Bible, and he preached, you know, the messages that he believed God, you know, would have him to preach week to week. And so he didn't, in my little seven-year-old mind, I felt kind of rebuffed, and I was actually really offended that he wouldn't preach on Noah's Ark, you know? And so I know a seven-year-old can be offended, you know, when the response is something along the lines of, hey, I'm following God, and so I can't preach this this thing. And so that could probably happen to older people as well, I guess, but I actually have some personal experience with that. I was that guy, that seven-year-old guy mm. who try to get my pastor to preach something else. What a long way you've come, Dace, because now you just preach whatever you want. So <laughs> I preach whatever he wants, man. That's uh that's at least oh, that's right. what we're going for, right. man. Right. I got it. I got it. <laughs> well these have all been fun. I think my favorite uh was when uh you said hey um volunteer that's because no one would hire you. That is an <laughs> awful response. But some key takeaways there for everyone listening. Well, I think some key takeaways are never, ever, ever respond to a negative comment with sarcasm. Um, never try to settle a score when somebody approaches you. I think that when someone approaches you with an issue and a grievance, you want to get to the heart of the matter. You want to do it in love and you want to do it in a way that will honor Christ. And Kyle, I'll end with this. We have to be very careful with our words. The Bible talks a lot about this in the book of James. And I like to think about our statements as like bullets. And a bullet is very difficult basically impossible to get back into the gun once it's been fired out of the gun. And so our words are kind of like that. You know, when you say something and it's wrong, you can ask for that person's forgiveness, but it can never be taken out of their memory. And so instead, I think, man, our words need to be marked uh, with with graciousness, with kindness, and and frankly, just with a, a temperament that is marked by godliness and control, even when people are responding in ways that just really aren't that great. And maybe a different way of saying it, Dace, is when you are feeling attacked, emotions in the moment are rarely beneficial. So yeah. if I'm feeling under attack, whatever emotion I'm going to feel there may not be helping the situation. Well, pastors and church leaders, I want to thank you for joining us today. And the ministry of the Thriving in Ministry podcast is to keep you encouraged. We want to encourage you to create margin in your life so that you can do ministry. We want you to avoid burnout and we want you to lead effectively. That's really what we're all about here on the Thriving in Ministry podcast. 
We're taking a bit of a break, doing some standalone episodes, but our normal process is to interview pastors and ask them questions so that you can learn how to lead most effectively for God. By the way, every pastor has had crazy things and even hurtful things said to them, and we want to be an encouragement to you and your church, so be sure to reach out to us, thedailypastor at gmail.com or kyle at talentonservices.com. God bless. Have a great day.